Hello. I um I have been a regular in recording and posting podcasts. Um honestly before the pandemic, I was already doing this irregularly. But you know what? It continues. Um we're here. Last week I did want to have an emergency podcast, but I was exhausted um, because, you know, I've been out there hustling. (laughs) Just a hint of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Um, I did want to do an emergency podcast last week right after I got my nails done because I'm actually really upset with how they turned out and I'm going to show them to you because this is the first time. This is the first time we're doing video. We, I, me. (laughs) Here I am with my face. What do you think? It's a little rosacea right there. I don't know what the fuck that is, but, you know, overall, satisfied with my face. I think it's a great face. I think most people would kill to have a face like this. Okay? So go ahead, insult me. Tell me I'm ugly on YouTube and Twitter or whatever. I don't care. You're ugly. You don't have a real picture. Any any person who calls other people ugly on the internet doesn't even post their real picture. And that's on purpose. So think about it. Okay. Um. So I got my nails done last week. Here they are. And yeah, so the color is fine. Um... The thing I'm dissatisfied about is the length and the lack of pointiness. Because, so this is called a um, stiletto. Do you see that? It's it's supposed to be stiletto shaped. And stiletto is supposed to be like long and like pointy and like, you know, just like pointy on the end, like a dagger, right? First of all, these aren't long enough. I think she made them a little too short. You know, I long nails are a flex, okay? If you have long nails as a woman, what you're saying to the world is, is like, first of all, I'm a queen. Second of all, my nails are so long that I don't do manual labor. You know, um, I can barely type. I can barely do anything. <laughs> That's the type of flex I want to have, you know? That's who I want to be. I want to, I want my nails so long that I can't function in day to day life. Do you understand? No, I'm kidding. I just want them like a little, maybe like a quarter of an inch longer, right? Um, so they're not pointy enough, you know, once again. Uh, I want them sharp just in case someone approaches me and I have to claw them. I think that's really important. Also, like when women are attacked, they are taught to gouge out people's eyes. And I think a long stiletto nail is the only thing that'll really help me accomplish that. Um, A good gouging, even though I've never been in the situation where I could have gouged someone's eyes. Actually, I take that back. I have been in in a situation that could have led to a gouging uh, in Rome. Italy, not bragging that I have been to Rome because it is one of the worst cities I've ever been to in my entire life. Um, (laughs) I've talked about this before, but a man followed me off the train to my Airbnb and he was just, he was like way taller than me, which I know was shocking because I am five foot 10 and three quarters. No, I'm not six feet tall. For those of you who have met me in person, I am not six feet tall. 
I've never measured that tall. I am 5'10 and three quarters. So um, yeah, this man, like he followed me all the way from my train to my Airbnb and I tested him by like walking across the street and he followed me. I went into a store and he followed me. And then uh, we were like in this like little confrontation on the sidewalk. Oh, and I went into a hotel and I asked the guy at the front desk to call the police and he asked me why he needed to call the police. And I was like, well, there's a man following me down the street. And he did not take that seriously at all. In fact, he laughed at me. Okay, which I think is indicative of Italian culture. I can say that because I am mostly Italian. And the way these men like treat women over there, like, I mean, not all men, obviously. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe I just said not all men. I'm canceling the rest of this fucking podcast because it already just went down the tube when I said not all men. <laughs> no, but it's true. Not all men. Um, Yeah, so he laughed at me and he acted like I was just being like paranoid for nothing. And then he, and then he like asked me to leave. (laughs) He asked me to leave the hotel. And I was trying to explain to him, you know, in the country I'm from, we would call the police if a woman is being chased down the sidewalk by another man. Like, I mean, literally you're placing me in danger. I don't even know what happened that made him finally go away. I was like screaming at the top of my lungs, like, get away from me, get away from me. And this guy was like, shut the fuck up. In English, he spoke English. Pretty much everyone in Italy does speak English. If you ever go, pretty much everyone in Europe speaks speaks English. Unlike this country where we do not encourage being bilingual. In fact, I think we look down on it because there's always those, you know, those idiot people who are like, speak English. You're in a, you're in America. Speak English. It's the official language of the country. It is not the official language of the country. There is no official language of the United States. So fun fact. Um, yeah. So listen, I paid full price for my nails. I gladly paid for them, even though the other thing that went wrong was that she, um, she put a layer of top coat on my nails and these are gel and then put them in the dryer. And then she decided to put another layer of color over the top coat. But what happened was that the the top coat underneath the color warped the nails. So they were like all like fucked up, like textually wise. And um, she had to buff them out and do another layer of color. I don't fucking know. It took way too long. And... The fact that I'm still talking about it a week later shows how traumatized I am by that event. I paid her full price. I gave her a $10 tip, you know, everything. Because that's who I am. I'm a classy woman. I'm a classy woman. That's what I do. I pay people for their services. You know. The movies are back. The movies. Have you heard of them? Have you been to a movie in the last year? Probably not. Um, I think one of the last things I did before we went into quarantine was uh, going to a movie. And why are my notifications on so loud? Anywho, um, so 
I went back to the movies, you know, since they have resumed showing in Los Angeles because everyone is pretending the pandemic is over. And I just want to say that I am fully vaccinated, which I have discussed before, I think. And I just want to be clear that I got vaccinated because I work in healthcare and not because I'm a little fat. Thank you. Um, please don't ask about my uh, health diagnoses outside of that. So... <laughs> So I have been back to the movies. I have so far seen three films. I've already seen three movies since uh, they reopened. I So this weekend I saw French Exit um, and I saw The Courier. What did I see last week? Oh my God. It must not have been very good. I, I have to look it up already. Um, yeah, so I saw French Exit yesterday and that was a, um, an interesting movie. I didn't hear of it until I actually like looked up the showtimes of the movie because that's who I am. I'm a spontaneous bitch. I'll look up what's playing at the theater and I'll just, you know, decide that I want to see it. Oh, this is what I saw last week. I saw Nobody with, um, Bob Odenkirk. It's like a Bob Odenkirk action film. It was actually really good. Um, yeah, just like a really like shoot 'em up action film. I mean, you might not be in the mood for that due to current events, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Like, you know, we're like, we always have shootings in this country, but then like our favorite movies like also have shootings. Maybe there's a connection. Maybe there's a link. Which one came first? Was it shooting in movies? I actually think it was. So um, <laughs> I did see nobody. Uh, Christopher Lloyd was in it. Yes, he is still alive. Uh, for those of you who are young, uh, which I would say is born after 1994. If you were born after 1994, you're young and you may not know who Christopher Lloyd is, but um, he was Doc Brown in Back to the Future. If you've never seen that, you're you're not my people. I just have nothing to say to you. Uh, so that was a good movie. And so, yeah, so I was saying French Exit. So that has Michelle Pfeiffer in it. And I was honestly really pleasantly surprised by her face. Um, she's 62 years old. She looks so beautiful still. Um, very nice face. I mean, I don't know if she's had work done. I mean... I, I feel like by that age, if you look like that, you probably have had something done. But whatever she did have done, it looks very good. And I would like to know the name of the man or woman who did that work for future reference. Just in case. Just in case I'm going to need, you know, a little... A little... I'm not... Like, honestly, you know, I have revealed my age before, but quite honestly, like, things are looking pretty good for me. So, I started way too late, so I'm, like, a little tired doing this. But, so, I'm just, like, every once in a while, I have to touch a little ice cube to to my face to help stay awake. <laughs> I'm a pro. Okay. Does anybody else do that? Dab a little, dab a little ice on your face when you're passing out? No, just me. I'm crazy. I'm here alone in my studio apartment talking to myself and nobody's responding. Okay. 
Yeah. So French Exit is about um, a woman who is a widow and her late husband, he was rich. Um, for some reason, she was able to like live off of his money for 10 years or something after he died. And eventually the money runs out and she has to move out of the mansion she lives in, sell all of her stuff to try to get whatever money she can. And then she ends up going to Paris with her son and her son is named Malcolm and he's played by Lucas Hedges. And the movie was, which is just really interesting because it's a surreal comedy. Like it just has like a lot of like absurdist elements in it. Like there's just things that don't happen in in real life, obviously. I don't even want to give some of it away because um it it's so absurd if I even like describe something that happens that might spoil the movie a little. Um but it was it was very funny, very well done. I think Michelle Pfeiffer did a great job. I did see after that she was nominated for a globe for this. I'm not sure if she was nominated for the Oscar. I don't think so. But um you know, I would say that she deserved it for sure. Um let's see Michelle Pfeiffer still happily married to David E. Kelly. Who knew what is he looking like these days? Oh, that's an old picture. There's a picture of them from 1994 on his Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, awards and nominations. Awards and nominations. Okay, so she is not nominated for an Oscar for this. So that's tragic. Um, I, oh, wow. She's been nominated for an Oscar three times, and I did not know that. So she's been nominated for Best Supporting Actress in 1988 for Dangerous Liaisons, uh, also known as, uh, how do you say it in French? Um, Les Liaisons Dandoros. Dandoros? Listen, I'm going to learn French, and my life will be great after that. Okay, and then she was also nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role in 1989 for The Fabulous Baker Boys and in 1992 for Love Field. What is The Fabulous Baker Boys? Let's see. The Fabulous Baker Boys is a 1989 American romantic musical comedy drama film. (laughs) What is with all of those genres? Um, A 1989 American romantic musical comedy drama film. Written and directed by Steve Cloves, don't know who that is, and starring Steve, Jeff Bridges, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Bo Bridges. Oh, two of the Bridges, the brothers, the Bridges brothers, the Bridges brothers, and Michelle Pfeiffer, the hottest woman in the world at that time. It follows Jack and Frank Baker, two brothers struggling to make a living as lounge pianists in Seattle. Never heard of... <laughs> okay, this actually sounds good. Like this, like... Okay, so are they like lounge singers or do they just play the piano? Because like I love a lounge singer. You know, I did um used to do a character at the UCB, um, you know, in one of my improv classes called the bad lounge singer. And she's just like a shitty lounge singer who's just like, oh, my life is horror. My life is horrible. Things are bad. Okay. Um, that's just a taste. She's horrible. She's tone deaf because I can't sing. 
Um, <laughs> okay. It follows Jack and Frank Baker, two brothers struggling to make a living as lounge pianists in Seattle. Desperate, they take on a female singer, Susie Diamond, which is Michelle, who revitalizes their careers, causing the brothers to re-examine their relationship with each other and their music. Oh my god. I am honestly so curious about this. Should I watch this? Should I rent this on Amazon Prime? The plot on Wikipedia is so long. So I obviously a lot of things happen in this. I'm going to look up the director. Stephen Cloves, the director. Uh, okay. So he also... Oh, I see. So he wrote that other... That, have you seen Wonder Boys? No. If you're young, you haven't seen it. <laughs> if you were born after 1990... Uh, you probably have never seen Wonder Boys, but that was with uh, that was a Michael Douglas movie. Michael Douglas and Tobey Maguire. Michael Douglas. That, don't get me started on Michael Douglas. I mean, some of his movies are good. Yeah. And sure, he's a fine actor, whatever. The thing about Michael Douglas I don't like is that like in the 80s, they were trying to like sell him as this sex symbol and he's ugly. Like I... <laughs> Like, no shade. He's just not for me. I don't understand it. You know, he just has, like, a... He's just not handsome. He looks okay on screen, but... um, What's that movie with Demi Moore and Michael Douglas? And she's, like, sexually harassing him. I know this is, like, shocking information, but it's called... um, Don't tell me. Don't... Don't tell me what it is. I watched it... With a man who I've also done it with. Um, Hold on. We watched. It was kind of hot, actually. (laughs) Disclosure. That's the movie. Yeah, this movie is so weird. (laughs) You know, it's about Demi Moore sexually harassing Michael Douglas. And look, I'm not trying to, you know, victim blame or anything. But I just don't understand why she would um, want him Whew. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So Disclosure is a 1994 American erotic thriller. Erotic thriller. They don't make those anymore. An erotic thriller. I feel like Michael Douglas was in like 20 erotic thrillers, right? Like who there has to oh my god so on the wikipedia page for erotic thriller films there's um like a venn diagram of three different circles and it has like different genres overlapping so an erotic thriller has overlapping they have thrillers romance and soft core <laughs> as in porn and they all overlap, and that is the definition of the erotic thriller. Um, but yes, so it includes a Fatal Attraction, which is another Michael Douglas film, which you probably haven't seen if you were born after 1992. And <laughs> I don't know, I'm just making these up. Um, and that is another one with, uh, Michael Douglas where Glenn Close is crazy. See, maybe that's, is that another trope of the erotic thriller is that the woman is crazy? You know what? I take it back. Maybe this is a bad genre because <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, like 
so like in the erotic thriller, like are are men like always seduced by women and not vice versa? And the woman is like totally crazy. Like, is that what it is? Women are crazy. Women are crazy. Michael Douglas does seem like the type of guy who'd be like, all of my exes are crazy. They're all crazy. Are they crazy? Or did you treat them badly and they reacted accurately to that? Just a question. Because when a man says, all of my exes are crazy, huge red flag, run away. But first do research and find out what he did. Or run away and then do the research, you know, like a detective. I'm a detective, okay? When 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 a man says my ex was crazy, I examine the facts. You know, I, I go on social media, take a look, scroll back in their old posts, see what's going on, look at their ex's social media, put it together, you know, make a chart, write up some notes, get a report together, file it in my mind. Lots of files up here. Lots of files on men in the greater Los Angeles area. So don't try me. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So long story short, I watched disclosure with a man. I think we had sex like in the middle of the movie. (laughs) I think we paused the movie and had sex. Whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. So French exit. Do I recommend it? Yes, I recommend it. I will not give away the ending or like most of the plot because I it's a charming film and I want you to see it. And I want you to support film, especially if you're fully vaccinated. And they have been doing a good job with um, social distancing. I did go to the landmark in West Los Angeles, uh, formerly uh, owned by Mark Cuban's company, apparently they sold it, which is depressing to me because honestly, Mark Cuban is daddy. You know, when Shark Tank is on, I stop everything because I want to see my future husband, Mark Cuban. Hey, Mark. (laughs) I'm going to offer you um, a 20% stake (laughs) in my body. (laughs) No. I'm going to offer you I'm going to offer you a 20% stake in my body for $250,000 to pay off my student loans. <laughs> slash plastic surgery slash buy a house. Um hey Mark, uh I'd like to uh make an offer of a 50% stake uh in my hand in marriage. Uh, in exchange for $10 million made payable at the event that you cheat on me. <sighs> that was a bit. Shark Tank. Do you watch it? Do you? Okay. Um, let's see. What else did I see? I saw. I have notes. So that's how professional I am. I'm like Joe Rogan in here. Wait, he doesn't do notes, does he? <laughs> I'm assuming he does not do notes because I think if he did, he would say less inaccurate things. Um, I just want to say hi to Joe Rogan. Uh, Please have me on your show. I will discuss fourth wave feminism with you and I'll just let you know what's going on with women. You know, I want to be an ambassador of women to uh, the Joe Rogan experience. I think it'll be great. I also need the followers. 
It'll really help me out. Uh, what else did I see? I saw The Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, kind of a downer. <laughs> it's about the nuclear uh, conflict, the potential nuclear conflict between the Soviet Union and this country, the United States of America, which took place in the early 1960s. So there is a mention of the Bay of Pigs. Uh, and the, you know, the missiles that were in Cuba, blah, 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 JFK, Khrushchev. They have a guy playing Khrushchev in the movie and he's just not like, Khrushchev kind of has this like weird, he kind of looks like a fake, I don't know how to describe him. He, you know, you don't know who Khrushchev is. Do you? Nikita Khrushchev, if you were born after 19, I don't know. Uh, you probably don't know who that is. I mean, you do. You probably do. He was a, he was a small, rotund threat to this country. He was a small, rotund threat. Apparently, he was, like, out of his mind. <laughs> but he, like, acted like everything was fine. And it wasn't. He was trying to nuke this country. Maybe he should have. You know, maybe then I wouldn't be recording a podcast at midnight in my studio apartment. You know, he would have saved me some time and some effort. <sighs> okay. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, there was a very controversial article. <laughs> I I use the term article loosely. Okay. Because this was a, um, a piece <laughs> In Paste Magazine. Online. If it's a magazine, it's online. Um, and I won't even say who wrote it. That's not important. But it's basically about hustle culture and how it's ruining comedians. And the premise of this is basically like about how comedians who are constantly like, you know, on the go, six sets a night, hustle, 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 billionaire mindset type shit, how they're like basically like ruining their lives. And I kind of agree with that to an extent. Um, but this person is talking about like, you know, that whole idea that like, oh, you can never sleep. Like you should always be networking, always be working, uh, never say no to any opportunity. Um, I don't agree with that either. either. Like, I don't think that people should be endangering themselves health-wise or losing sleep to achieve any goal, honestly. Um, but here's the thing about stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy in itself, the way the business is structured and the way things work, you do have to be hustling. Like, I hate saying that. I think it's like a dumb term for sure. But there is just like this element of you have to get out there, you have to get up, and people have to see you. Otherwise, how are you ever going to get any traction? So comedy is about, you know, getting traction. So when I first started, I would... I have something like stuck in my teeth. I got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so when I first started, I, I mean, I was younger, much younger than I am now. Oh, seven long years ago. Um, you know, I would go up multiple times per night or I would try to do that. And I've had a full-time job the entire time I've been doing stand-up, which a lot of people don't do, but I would say 
most people do have a full-time job when they're pursuing stand-up comedy and it's completely doable to do that. Um, I do know people who don't work at all and they're, you know, blessed enough to have the support of their family (laughs) or like some type of nest egg and they can just do comedy and everything full-time, you know? And, you know, I don't really envy that because... You know, I don't come from a wealthy family and I think that in a way not coming from a wealthy family has been a motivator to me to work and develop a work ethic and set goals and achieve goals and work towards those goals, right? And I think there is, you know, obviously some type of laziness in people sometimes where, you know, if everything's given to them, if they're, you know, born into this opulent wealth, they may not develop that type of work ethic. I mean, I'm just like, this is just conjecture, but you know, um, (laughs) the, the funny thing is, you know, when I first saw this article, I looked up this person on social media and I saw how many followers they have. And my first thought was they should, they should be hustling. They should be hustling more, I have never heard of them. (laughs) I've never heard of them. And that's part of why I'm offended by this. And also, you know, I think this is a very, um, I think this is also kind of privileged of, of an opinion to have because, you know, a lot of comics who aren't white or are mixed, you know, I'm half Latina. I, I, You know, I think there is like something to say about people from different backgrounds where it is kind of, you know, imbued in them to work hard and to, you know, climb this ladder. And not everybody gets the opportunity to do that, right? But when you do get the opportunity to do certain things, if you don't take these opportunities, then what's the point, right? So I do think that people of different ethnic backgrounds, um, you know, are more likely to work hard because in this country where things are tipped in the favor of rich white people, uh, (laughs) you know, other people, they have to work twice as hard for half as much. You know, it's like the same concept of women, you know, who are underpaid compared to men in nearly every industry. Um, so as far as like endangering your health, I don't think you should do that. I've been able to sleep every night, work full time and do comedy where sometimes I would go up three, four times a night. I mean, now I'm an older comic where I don't really have to do that. I mean, quite honestly, comedy is not something that you can start at an older age. And I'm just like being frank about that because it's late nights. You're going to be in bars. You're going to be around like a lot of like degenerates (laughs) and shady people. And it's just not something you want to be doing when you're older, you know, like I, I paid my dues. I did that when I was like 26, 27, you know, you're in these dive bars in the valley doing five minutes in front of people who are heckling you, you know, for no good reason. Otherwise, other than they're just like being an asshole, you know, there's stale popcorn in the corner of the bar. I'm describing a very specific bar in the valley. Petey's Palace. Anyway, or is that what it's called? 
<laughs> something. Yeah, I think so. Petey's Palace. So here's the thing. I think there are people who, who hustle in comedy who shouldn't be because, well, I'm thinking of a couple people in particular in the LA comedy community who we all know, like they go up like six, seven times a night. I'm talking about pre pandemic. Like if you're, if you've been going up on open mics, like during the pandemic, cause, and I know they've been happening because people have told me about it. If you've been going up on open mics, like every night during the pandemic, these like underground secret open mics, you're fucking crazy. I mean, I haven't, done anything on stage since March 8th of last year because I respect myself and I respect my my fellow man and I didn't want to, you know, spread disease. Also, I don't think anything is funny right now, (laughs) to be frank. What am I going to talk about on stage right now as everybody's dying? Like, what is funny right now? So, there has to be like some type of balance, you know, like you, you don't need to be, you know, killing yourself to be doing stand up comedy. But at the same time, if you're one of these people who thinks you always have to be hustling, thinks you need to do like a thousand open mics a year or whatever, you're unwell, you know, because you do need to have a life outside of, of stand up comedy. Because how are you going to get material otherwise? You know, if you just do stand up comedy, are you just going to be doing comedy about comedy? You sh- no, because it sucks. I need a sip of water. Hold on. Where is it? Yeah. So, yeah. So I half agree with this article. And I'm also like half insulted by it. Because like quite, a- quite honestly, there is a defined path to a career in stand-up. And part of that is, <laughs> I hate even saying this word, it, it's grinding. You know, you have to be out there, you have to be doing mics as much as possible. You have to be building material. But this is when you're first starting, you know. And it's, yeah, it's going to suck. You're going to be tired. You're not going to have much of a social life except with degenerates. So get used to it. That's why, like, people who are older and say, like, oh, I'm going to start doing stand-up comedy. Like, no, you're not. Like, you're absolutely not. Like, you need to be young and naive and have, like, enough energy to be able to stay up until 2 a.m. in the belly room of the comedy store waiting to go up to do one minute or two minutes on Show Up, Go Up. These are things I did. And I have more followers than the person who wrote this article. Am I a bitch? <laughs> you know, trying not to be, but I'm, I'm just kind of annoyed. But yeah, I do think that people can get burned out. And I, I do think people need to relax. I do recommend when people are doing stand-up, like when stand-up comes back and people want to start getting into stand-up and going on stage again, you know, I used to take at least two nights off a week, you know, just to like recharge. And I would like alternate the days. Like sometimes I would take maybe one day off a week, you know, but having at least one day off a week will really help you. I mean, now I'm not going to be, I'm I'm not going to be doing open mics anymore because I don't need to, because I did them when I was young, when I was hustling. Okay. So I don't need to do them. So don't do them unless you need to. And you need to build a following. 
like the person who wrote this article about hustle culture. <sighs> I guess that's it for today. I um I did order some candles from Anthropology. I'm excited about this one. This one is the scent is called Fuji Apple Kale. It does smell like kale and a Fuji apple. So, and it says nourish and flourish right here. That's who I am. A fancy bitch. So what have we learned today? Movies are back. My nails were done incorrectly. They'll have another chance in a couple weeks to fix them. And uh, hustle culture. It's not for everyone. Okay. But like all that shit, like billionaire mindset, Forex, whatever, stay away from that shit. Okay. So until next time. Bye. Stop.